It is a beautiful, beautiful Friday morning. I don't care whether the sun is shining or not because it is Friday and we're going into a three-day weekend. Well, most of us. Some of us are not. Um, Shout out to the doctors, nurses, first responders, church musicians, and more that don't get a three-day weekend. They've got to work this weekend. Um, We appreciate you, especially on this Labor Day weekend. Let's begin our Friday in prayer, and then let's talk about what is ahead on the Roadmap Roundup today. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If I sound a little bit more jazzed or pumped than usual, it is because... Well, I'm going on vacation after the show today, pretty much. (laughs) You're going to Branson, baby. Yeah, that's right. You know, more specifically, I'm going to the lake. You know, if my family wants to go to Branson, nothing against Branson. I love Branson. It's a fun place. I like mini golf. I like shows. I like rides. They got all of that. But I like being on the water, and I'm going to go be on the water. And I'm going to read, and I might even write, and I'm going to bring my guitar, and I'm going to hang out with my family and my kids in a house, and it's going to be wonderful. And uh, I got to tell you, we were talking about the uh, first responders, the doctors, the nurses, the church musicians for 16 years of my life. I never knew what it was like to go somewhere for Labor Day weekend or or the holiday. And uh, now I'm going to know. This is kind of, I, I don't know what to do. I'm excited so, for you. Pray for my wife. She's yeah. got to deal with me, right? That's right. Today on the Roundup, we're going to be talking about Labor Day, uh, not so much about the holiday itself, but about our labors, our spiritual labors, those things that we have to do, and how do we do them well? You know, if you're like me, especially when it comes to the laundry or the dishes, it's like, what's the bare minimum I have to fold to make it so I did the laundry, quote unquote, or that I did the dishes. You know, the kids play that game too. Like, well, we couldn't fit everything in, Dad. You could fit more than that. No, we tried, Dad. We, but we, we loaded the dishwasher, like you said, all three dishes. Um, <laughs> we're going to be talking about how to do well in our labors. We're also going to talk about taking rest. Speaking of three-day weekends, but, you know, every Sunday is called to be a day of rest. Every holy day of obligation is called to be a day of rest. So Dan Vonderhaar is with me. Angela Miller's here with us as well. Good morning to both of you. And as I uh, told Dan, I'm feeling a little bit spunky this morning. So before we go to the weather, I just want to jazz us all up. Let's get the morning music going, and then we'll get you. Uh, then we'll get you the weather with Mike Roberts after that, and then we'll come back and we'll do some rounding up here. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven on Covenant Network. Let's have a great morning. Today is the feast day of Blessed John Francis Berthe and companions. At the start of the French Revolution. Father John Francis Bertet, Father Apollinaris of Posad, Father Severin Giraud were among 182 priests, nuns, bishops, other religious and lay people who refused to take a civil oath which effectively forced them to renounce their faith and as a result they became victims of the Carmelite Massacre. Born in France in the 18th century, John Francis joined the Franciscans when he was in his mid-teens. After he was ordained, he taught theology for a while and then moved to Paris where he was made a superior of a large friary. 
Born in Switzerland in 1739, Apollinaris joined the Capuchins and was sent to France to study Oriental languages so he could go east to preach. Father Severin was a chaplain for a group of sisters in Paris. They were among nearly 1,000 people murdered on September 2, 1792, ostensibly for refusing to deny their faith. But the killing would continue the next day and last until September 6, taking as many as 1,600 martyrs. And it didn't really stop there. More martyrs were taken during the French Reign of Terror, including Father Jean-Baptiste Triquet, a chaplain for the poor Clares, murdered on January 21st. 1794. Blessed John Francis Bertay and companions, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Let's give the uh, let's give the good old wheel of fun a spin here. Oh boy. It's so bright and colorful. That's the only downside of a Wheel of Fun on radio is not everybody gets to enjoy it. Oh, Spinner's Choice. All right. Here we go. What was... I'm going to go to uh, Papal Potpourri. What were the given names of the current Pope, his predecessor, and the Pope before him? Angela Miller. Uh... Carol Wojtyła was the middle. Uh, so one. we're talking about the last three popes, the current yes. and then the, the no, preceding two. Was the first one. Oh, yeah. So starting starting with JP two, Saint John Paul II. Was Carol. Carol Wojtyła, which Angela just got here, and then you had a German name. You did. I'll give you a clue. His uh, patron saint is the foster father of our Lord, Joseph Ratzinger. That yes. is also correct. And then Joseph Bergoglio. Jorge Maria Bergoglio. What kind? What kind Not of, Joseph. We're taking that as a win. I haven't had coffee yet. Hey, that, that, it's, it's fun, right? It's the wheel of fun, not the wheel of you failed on Friday morning. <laughs> That's right. That's here's, right. Here's our first question, though, for the roundup today. Um, it is Labor Day weekend, and I've been thinking about this especially. How do we – well, let me tell you a story first, and then I'm going to let you two take over. Back when I was in the later years of college, I uh, had a girlfriend, and her dad was this really intimidating guy, and, but he was a great guy. And he pulled me aside one night because I was working pretty much full-time at the mall in a chocolate store, you know, the, the, the pinnacle of life for me, right? I was very ashamed of it because that was the only job I could get. And he pulls me aside, and he says, Adam, are, are you proud of what you do? And I said... Well, Al, you know, it's not what I would have envisioned for a career, but I'm paying the bills. I'm paying my student loan debt. I'm paying my rent. I'm paying my electric bill. I'm paying my insurance for my car and my apartment, and I'm paying my credit card payment, and I haven't missed or defaulted on any of those. So, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm proud that I'm meeting my obligations. And he said, exactly, son. And uh, Al had a pretty humble job. And he said, don't ever let anyone tell you you should be ashamed if you're meeting all of your obligations. So I was thinking about that the other day, thinking about Labor Day. And then I thought, well, am I meeting all of my obligations? You know, sometimes my prayer life is not the most glamorous with five kids. And but we had someone on our airwaves once talk about praying the rosary with five children, young children, calling it the rosary rumble. And, <laughs> you know, sometimes prayer in our house is that rumble. Um, but then I, I was thinking about on my own, you know, when I go into mass, am I just genuflecting really quick because I know I need to genuflect, but I want to get in the pew and it hurts my knee or am I taking the time to 
reverently genuflect. Am I rushing through the prayers that I want to pray that, you know, I have a, a habit of praying as soon as I get into any church and our father, a hail Mary and a glory be, but am I rushing through those as if like, well, let's just get these prayers over because I want to sit and read my reflective reading, or I just want to sit in the quiet, or am I really attending to my labor with the dignity that it deserves, not rushing through it, you know, maybe not adding on extra things, but meeting what I said I would do with great care. And uh, sometimes it's really tempting just to rush through. So Angela Miller, what do you do to, to stop yourself when you find yourself going, okay, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, you know, that you stop and say, slow down. Yeah, I, I was actually thinking about that on the way here. So I recently realized that I I have about six people that I was a confirmation sponsor for. And I have not done anything for them spiritually since the day I sponsored them. Sometimes I think of them and pray for them, but I realized there was a real need for me to, to offer some sort of sacrifice for them. So I said recently, I am going to every Friday not have my cherished cup of coffee <laughs> until noon, <laughs> which is hard for me especially when I'm waking up at 6.30. So on the way here, I have my coffee poured and in my mug in my car. <laughs> and I had to be so conscious of what I wanted to do. I had to be really present so that it wasn't like a secondhand movement to just grab my coffee and drink it. And then remember why I was doing it and remember to offer that sacrifice. So presence is what's important. So every time you reach for that coffee mug, do you stop and say, all right, I'm doing this to pray for them Absolutely. And, and actually stop and pray for them at that moment? Yes. Yes. Oh, that was the whole drive here. <laughs> I uh, I once had to put a post-it note on my coffee mug to say no, uh, <laughs> because I, I would secondhand just, there we go. Right. Dan, what about you? You've got the morning routine. I mean, you get up early yep. to make sure your first things are first. Yep. I do. I do. I, I, uh, First, I'm, I'm enjoying my coffee. I'm, I'm way, staring Angela, I'm at it. With my big cup of coffee. Um, first, I would say on on what you set up, Adam. Please realize that not every prayer session is going to be an epiphany. You know, they're they're not all going to be some you know raptured event, no matter how much that we want. So, I think it's very human to stray mentally during prayer. It, 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 so we know it's going to happen. So just recognize it when it happens. You know, sometimes you might have your own, you know, internal, you know, dialogue about it. Okay, hey, I'm not really into this right now. Um, sometimes I'll do a little countdown from five, four, three, two, one, and then I'll resume. Right. So these little things, you know, to try to get back on track. But I would I would encourage people not to be overly harsh on themselves. Every trip to mass, every sacrament uh, of reconciliation, um, you know, every trip to adoration, every Our Father is not going to be uh, the skies parting and you know words coming down from the heavens. But we can hope for that. Mm -hmm. You know, we can try to keep ourselves focused um, to get there. Um, so I just try to catch myself. When I'm when I'm really getting astray, um, I love I love what you just said this morning. This this whole idea of sacrifice is small. Doesn't matter. It, it it 
puts us in a frame of mind, mm-hmm. right? It, it, it develops discipline, right? spiritual discipline, which creates spiritual muscle memory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that gets us in the groove. Well, whether you're drinking your coffee this morning or abstaining from your coffee this morning, and by the way, it is Friday, and it is First Friday mm-hmm. as well. So not only abstain from meat, but First Friday devotions, which we're going to get to a little bit later on on the show here. Normally we open with those, but I thought it'd be a good way to close today to send us off to whatever may be next. Um, but speaking of sending us off, we are going to go to a break right now. So stay tuned. We've got plenty more Roadmap to Heaven to come after this. Vocation prayer for youth. Oh, Holy Spirit, Spirit of wisdom and divine love, impart your knowledge, understanding, and counsel to youth that they may know the vocation wherein they can best serve God. Give them courage and strength to follow God's holy will. Guide their uncertain steps. Strengthen their resolutions. Shield their chastity. Fashion their minds. Conquer their hearts. And lead them to the vineyards where they will labor in God's holy service. Amen. You hear the music. We're going to give that wheel a spin. Where's it going to land? Nobody knows. Oh, we're back on ah, Papal Potpourri. Right. <laughs> oh, can't seem to get off this one. Uh, all right. Um, let's see. I'm going to go to my questions here. This is going to be a which pope wrote this document, and the document is Veritatis Splendor. Veritatis Splendor. The splendor of truth shines yeah. forth in all of the works of the creator and in a special way in man created in the image and likeness of God. Do we get like, can we do like, I'm going to guess. I'll tell you, I'll give you a clue. We have already discussed this Pope Mm -hmm. in Pope this morning. Then I'm going to guess because he is very interested in faith and reason and truth. Benedict. I could see that. And if it's not him, then I'm going to say JP2, because I well, know that, it's that not him. <laughs> you know from my face. You know, golf is a game of second shots, and, and that's what we got here. What was it Bob Barker used to do? It's hole in one or two. You, know, you always get a second <laughs> shot. <laughs> so, no, very good. Very tight of splendor. It's a great uh, document written to his brother bishops, and oh. um, but it's a beautiful one that the lady can read. And the beautiful thing about these documents, you can read them online. You just search them, and it'll take you to the Vatican website. This one was given in 1993, um, and it's one of my favorite JP2 documents. My absolute favorite, though, is a letter called Salvifici Dolores oh, yeah. on the Christian meaning of human suffering. Yeah. If, if you want something to make sense of suffering in the mm-hmm. world, St. John Paul II nails it. And I, I want to add just real quick that please don't let these Latin titles intimidate you. Uh, what Adam's talking about is incredibly accessible. I think there's this kind of natural concern that, you know, I, I, I'm not that learned in my faith. I don't know these things. I'm a little intimidated by people who seem to know it all. Don't hesitate to go to these documents because you're going to find they're amazingly accessible. Right. And I would even say, like, I would show my middle school students some of these documents, but it was like papal letters that happened on um, at a mass, like homilies are posted on this website. Vatican.va has every single writing that I could know of, <laughs> that yeah. we could possibly know of from the popes of the last few centuries. And it is filled with encouragement and 
truth bombs and just beauty. Be a curious Catholic. Yeah. Be yeah. a curious Catholic. There's so much to discover. So be curious about your Catholicism. Did you guys just come up with our next topic on the fly there here on the roadmap round? Because it. I feel I like know. we like you did. Um, I, I wholeheartedly some of my best spiritual reading in the Adoration Chapel has actually been the homilies of Pope Benedict the Sixteenth mm-hmm. and um, you know and, and Saint John Paul II and Pope Francis and lots of popes Pius XII, yeah. Pius X. You really want to grow in love for the Virgin Mary, the Blessed Virgin Mary. Pope Leo the Thirteenth has mm. you covered. Thirteen encyclicals on the Rosary alone, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's a beautiful thing, beautiful thing. But our next topic actually was not that. Our our next topic goes back to something Dan said that not every prayer is an epiphany, and yet we have to keep doing that as well. And you talk about that spiritual muscle memory. And I remember being a uh, a young Catholic first time I went to a, a big youth conference. Uh, was actually the Papal Youth Rally in 1999 here in St. Louis. And I was so on fire for the first week, and then I just kind of was back to being regular old Adam. Now, God used that still. That There was grace in that moment that I still see working in my life today. Mm. But it could have been very easy just to fall into the apathy that maybe freshman, sophomore Adam had been up to that point in high school. So, Dan, what's your goal? I mean, if, if, if it's not to have an epiphany every time you pray, what's what's the goal? You know, I, there's value in persevering in prayer. I, I, I God loves that, right? He know, he, you know, he made us. He, he knows us. You know, Angela, you, you mentioned he knows our mind. He created it. Uh, he knows it wanders. So there's value in that perseverance. So just embrace that, right? It's just kind of like, you know, there's dignity in work. There's mm-hmm. value in... In this perseverance, it is the fruit of the mystery of the uh, fifth mystery of the sorrowful mysteries uh, in our rosary, the perseverance uh, as Christ dies on the cross. So God values that perseverance. There will be grace that comes from that perseverance. I would also say that the point of prayer is to deepen your relationship with a person who is God. And I'm, of course, just thinking about being somewhat recently married Um, not every moment that I have with my husband, not every day that I have with my husband is just like starstruck moment of beauty and truth and shocking. Yeah. So, but every day I am deepening my relationship with him by being present to him. And so in the same way in prayer, I am present to God. God is growing in my heart. We're growing in relationship just even if the prayer itself doesn't stand out. Absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful, Angela. I, that, that is the, that's going to be the best analogy of the day <laughs> right now. I, that, I'm, that's the one I'm probably taking home with me. There you go. Well, uh, then let's process it for a minute. We're actually uh, going to take a break here in a second. And then when we come back from the break, we're going to go to Doug Berry. Speaking of marriage, we've been doing a whole week together on what it means to be a husband and a father. Mm. Um, so a little bit for Dan and I. Sorry, right. Angela. But Angela's but, like the setup person of the day. I know. <laughs> this is right. unbelievable. Well, let's go take that break. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We'll be back after this. Prayer to the Blessed Virgin. Oh, Mary, you desire so much to see Jesus loved. If you love me, this is the favor which I ask of you, to obtain for me a great personal love of Jesus Christ. You obtain from your Son whatever you please. Pray then for me that I may never lose the grace of God, 
and that I may increase in holiness and perfection from day to day. By that grief which you severed on Calvary, when you beheld Jesus expire on the cross, obtain for me a happy death, that by loving Jesus and you, my mother, on earth I may receive the reward of loving and blessing you eternally in heaven. We're wrapping up our week talking with Doug Barry about the role of the husband and the father, the spiritual authority, being true to your word, turning the chair, laying down your life. And Doug, I think the big question at the end of the week is, does it really make a difference? And what I mean by that is this. We've all heard the studies that when dad is present, this is how the home is different. When dad is present in the pew in church, this is how the spiritual life of the family is different. When dad is active and engaged in leadership in the spiritual life in the home, this is how the family is different. So much so that my job as a church organist, great job, choir director, music director, loved everything about it, holy job, necessary job in the life of the church. I chose to walk away from it so that I could be in that pew with my wife and my five children because it's that important. This is really where the rubber hits the road, you could say. The cup gets bumped to find out what's in it. Any other cute little phrase we can use that really says, what is the personal character of each of us men when it comes to these things? Gentlemen, you're a sinner. We're all sinners. Most of us could admit, and I will be the first, when I go to confession, and I go every two to three weeks on average, when I go to confession, I'm going to confession oftentimes for the same sin over and over and over. A lot of us do that, regardless of what that sin is. Now, the goal is to work on it, obviously, get better at that. So that we're not, you know, having to deal with it so much. However, understanding we're sinners and we're weak, so are our children. They will have to go through life and learn what it is to fight the good fight. They will have to learn what it is to persevere. They have to learn what it is to not quit. They have to learn what it is to turn to God, humble themselves. We can say all of this to them, but unless we show it, unless we live it, unless we take the steps to say, I'm going to make my life an example of all of this, it's not going to resonate like it could. It's not going to really, really reach their hearts. There's a saying, the mouth speaks to the ear, but the heart speaks to the heart. If we truly love God, men, we have to strive for that for ourselves. I'll never forget the priest that said to me years ago, if you have a hard time loving God and you can't tell him honestly, Lord, I love you, at least tell him, Lord, I want to love you. I know I should love you. Help me learn to love you. Help me know what that is. Be honest with God. It's not as if he doesn't know that already. Gentlemen, wherever you are, at whatever stage you are in your life, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, okay, psychologically, what you have to do. What we all need to do is assess, evaluate, turn to God and get on our knees, literally, figuratively, and start saying to him, I know I need to be doing these things, Lord. I can't do it without you. I must humble myself before you. And then your family will see this in you. And when they see the choices that you make, when they see the action, that will change them in different ways. They'll see things that you'll never know they see, good and bad. So let's always focus on the good, of course. But like what you did, Adam, you showed your family that, you know what? This is more important to be right here in the pew by your side. And then day in and day out, when people would come to me and say, how come your kids are so well-behaved at mass? And they were pretty good, okay? And what are you doing at mass? I said, well, it's not what I'm doing at mass. It's what I'm doing the rest of their lives. 
Everywhere else, I'm trying to do this so that when we come to church, this is just one more piece, one more extension of their lives, of our lives as a family. So in other words, I've got to be that example day in, day out in all these other areas so that when we get to this moment or that moment, this is just how they are. But my kids down the road, hopefully we'll be able to look back and say, you know what, if I ever want to know what it looks like to humble myself before God, I can look to what my dad did. I saw him in the confession line regularly. I saw him praying that rosary regularly. I saw him with that scapular on. I saw him with the holy water. I saw my dad do these things. Because as that saying goes, don't believe what people say. You'll know what they mean by what they do. So gentlemen, let's be doers of the word. Let's be doers of that example that is necessary. And our family will benefit in ways we don't even understand. God will do that. Doug and I were talking about this as we were preparing for today's segment. And, you know, I'm a visual person. If you looked at a bar graph and you showed the percentages, and these are secular studies. These aren't necessarily church studies or or Catholic institution studies. These are secular studies that have examined this. If dad is absent in the spiritual life of the family, the percentage of kids that go on to have an active, engaged spiritual life in the church, attending mass, frequenting the sacraments, etc., is low. The bar graph is low. But when dad is active and engaged and fully involved, it's not a little minuscule bump. You'll be looking at the two bars next to each other and saying, well, what happened with that one? What's the key? Was that this, that, or the other thing? It was dad being involved. We have one study on that that I saw the numbers were when the mother is the predominant spiritual head of the home and the dad is pretty much absent. You see that number of children who remain active in the faith as adults is as low as 25, 20, 25%. When the dad is active, spiritual head of the home, it's 85-ish, 90%. You're right. It is a massive difference. This goes back to the order God created man to be that image of the father in the home, not better than his wife. She is the heart. He is the head. It takes both the head and the heart for the body to move. That head, though, is that image, that representation of God in that family. And children do respond, living their faith much more strongly, much more solidly down the road when dad is present and active and engaged as a spiritual head of the home. That's the point. I mean, we talk about it all the time on the show. That is the point. Doug, I want to thank you for this week. Husbands and fathers, it's hard. Let's make no bones about it. It's kind of like the, the bread of life discourse. Many found this teaching hard and walked away. And you, you could walk away, but that's not the right answer. So we're all in this together. Let's pray for one another, and then let's live it. Let's ask for the grace on our knees that we need because we can't do it without God. Doug, thank you for this fantastic week. Ah, great to be with you again, Adam. Pardon all sinners, O Lord, by thy infinite love, and lead them to the way of thy justice. Protect them and theirs in the face of the onslaught of evil. Redeem all who have done evil, and may God's mercy be upon them. Hello, podcast listeners. This is Adam Wright for Covenant Network. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to hit like and subscribe. And while you're at it, share it with your friends. And now back to the Roadmap to Heaven podcast. I was all set to spin the wheel, and then Dan Vonderhaar said something to us in the break that we have to share with you. Um, all week long, we've been talking about the role of the husband and the father 
And it got us started talking in the break here about our wedding masses. We were talking about Ephesians 5, which Doug and I talked about the other day. And Angela said, oh, that was the reading at our wedding. And Dan said... Well, I, I went to my Bible and around all of the scriptures that we had at our wedding mass, I wrote in big black letters, wedding. Mm. So that anytime I come across that scripture when I'm reading, it takes me back to the sacrament of marriage. Awesome. And I said, I don't remember what readings we had at our wedding. Now, we have our program, so I can go look it up as soon as I get home. And, and Dan said, and that is why That's I did exactly why. So, <laughs> hey, we just have a few minutes left because we want to make sure we take plenty of time at the end of the show to pray today. So I want to get to a very important question, rest. Every Sunday and every, day of hol- every holy day of obligation, we are obligated if possible. I mean, there are some exceptions to this because the church does not ask us to do what is impossible. But we are obligated to give the day to the Lord, to make it a day of rest, to be free of servile work. Now, if you have a hobby that you love to do, if that's what brings you recreation, you know, that's different. But it's not the day to mow the lawn. It's not the day to build the shed in the backyard. It's not the day, unless you just love carpentry, you know, and, <laughs> and, and that's what gives you life. Then maybe, right. you know, talk to your pastor about that. It's hard, though. I mean, especially in the year 2022, where, you know, nothing is closed on Sunday anymore except car lots in the state of Missouri, which, you know, I'm surprised they haven't changed that. But, hey, good, they haven't. Car lots and Chick-fil-A, that's all that's closed on Sunday, right? (laughs) That's right. And it's very tempting to be like, oh, that's a good day to go to the grocery store. That's a good day to do this. That's a good day to do that. And finally, my wife and I had to say, stop, right? And we had to make ourselves stop. And it is hard work to take a day of rest like even with vacation next week my family we're the kind that we like to go 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 and i've made it very clear i want some of this trip to just be stop so dan how do we put the Mm. brakes on yeah uh it's hard at different seasons of life you know it's been easier for amy and i now that we're empty nesters and you know we kind of have a relaxing sunday and there isn't all these things you know on our brains uh, but when our kids were, you know, the age of your kids, Adam, it, it was hard. And so my advice, kind of having lived through it, is, you know, plan your work and work your plan. You know, if you want to have that relaxing Sunday, plan on that relaxing Sunday and then honor that plan. It's going to be hard, um, but do it. And uh, if I think back now... Those times when I did that very intentionally, I was very intentional that we're going to have a day of rest. I'm just going to hang out with the kids, whatever that means, go to the pool, you know, you know, play a game. Man, those were good. I, I would go back and have that day all over again in a heartbeat. So I would say, um, sounds a little crazy, but you have to be intentional about getting rest. Yeah, I think that's really helpful to me because I, I struggle with rest and the one thing that i've learned is that there is there is good rest and then there's like millennial rest which is oh i'll just spend the whole day on my phone i'm not working but i'm i'm also not resting well i'm not enjoying or producing art or you know like <laughs> i mean i'm i'm trying to think of things that i love but it's being consumed by like how can i take in something that doesn't make me have to to think really hard or something um so like what i'm learning is is again that intentionality of like okay this is rest time this isn't spend the whole day on my phone spend the whole day uh 
laying in bed unless I really yeah. need to catch up on sleep. But I, I have to say I'm very sad that I am the only one in my family that likes egg casseroles or breakfast casseroles. Mm-hmm. That no one else will eat them. And it's a little much to make one egg casserole or breakfast casserole for me. Uh, then we'd be getting into gluttony territory. But what I have found is I love now that we go to Mass together, mainly at 8 a.m. Mass on Sunday. I love going to Mass first and then having breakfast as a family and just taking that time to stop. And sometimes that means, you know, my mom's got a great recipe for cinnamon rolls that you have to actually put in the oven the night before. You don't turn the oven on, but it lets them proof or whatever it's mm-hmm. called. I don't bake. Um, and, and they grow in size. And then she turns the oven on in the morning and they're ready to go. Put the icing on. Most delicious cinnamon rolls you've ever had. Same reason I'm a big proponent of bringing back the Sunday roast. It's a roast. It's a cut of meat. You don't do much to it. You season it. You put it in the crock pot or you put it in the roasting pan with the cut up vegetables, all of which you can cut up on Saturday, put them in a Ziploc, and then dump them in the crock pot or the roasting pan, put the meat in, turn the oven on, set it, go do something else. And and it's a delicious, hearty Mm -hmm. dinner that doesn't require a lot of work. And that's time, you know, especially when you've got a roast in the actual oven, not the crock pot, you're glued to your house for two hours at least. And so what are you going to do? Well, oftentimes if the weather's nice, that's when we go sit out in the backyard and the kids run around and climb and do all that. Well, first, Adam, I'd love that I just learned that little nugget about egg casserole from you. So that's, I I learned (laughs) something about you today. Um, Our faith is full of tradition. And having those Sunday day of rest traditions is a good thing. We all know families that do that religiously. And there's maybe a bit of envy, right? You know, you see that. That's a neat thing. So, you know, you don't have to, you know, necessarily take on somebody else's, you know, tradition, but have one. Have a tradition because there's nothing better. If you want to be intentional, have the anticipation of something that's great to look forward to. I'll close this out with this. You know, I love my daughter who made her first communion. I love all of my children, but our daughter <laughs> who made her first communion last spring, three weeks after her first Holy Communion, she says to me, do I have to go to communion today? And I said, what's going on here? Because I could tell, you know, something's going on. And she said, I don't like the way Jesus tastes. As only an eight-year-old could. <laughs> now, I was very proud of her because she understood the real present. She didn't say, I don't like the way the bread tastes. She said, I don't like the way Jesus tastes. So she gets points for recognizing the real presence. And I also know that the accidents, that it's still the appearance of bread and wine and still the taste of bread and wine. I said, I'll tell you what, honey, this is a special day because we get to receive our Lord today. So how about this? You receive Holy Communion. And then we'll have a special breakfast afterwards. Love it. And so Love she's it. becoming acclimated to the taste of the accident of the host. But she's also seeing that Sunday morning is now a special day. So, mm. And the reason I mentioned egg casserole just before we go to the break here <laughs> is because you actually have to prep it the night before and stick it in the fridge. And then you just pull it out, throw it in the oven. Again, low work on a Sunday. We're going to take a look at the weather one last time for you, get you the daily dose of encouragement. And then when we come back, we're going to pray our sacred heart prayers. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. A prayer for the gift of wisdom. Great is the wisdom of the Lord. God Almighty, your wisdom includes an understanding of what is fair, what is logical, what is true, what is right, and what is lasting. It mirrors your pure intellect. I entreat you to grant me such wisdom that my labors may reflect your insight. Your wisdom expands in your creations, displaying complexity and multiplicity. Your wisdom is an eternity ahead of man. May your wisdom flourish forever. Amen.
All week long, we've been talking about the attributes of God on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. Monday, we talked about how God rescues. Tuesday, how he forgives. Wednesday, how he feeds. Yesterday, how he listens. Patty Schneier, what area of the attributes of God are we going to discuss today? Well, this is probably his most obvious one. He's a God who creates. He created the universe. But not only did he create the universe, which we could just ponder that forever, just the stars, the planets, the oceans, his beauty and creation, but he creates all things new. He creates new life. He creates everywhere in nature, wherever there's the union of anything masculine and feminine, he's creating flowers, plants, trees, every animal on the planet. I love the line in the song of the Canticle of the Sun, the heavens are telling the glory of God and all creation is shouting for joy. Wake up and take notice is what my encouragement is for us today. Take notice of this God who creates beauty. His love language is nature. And how does he, quote unquote, woo you? How does he woo your heart? For me, it's flowers. It's the brilliant, vibrant colors, the delicate petals, the unique shape and designs of millions and millions of flowers. That just blows me away. For my husband, he says, God woos me with shade and with fog. Anytime Larry sees fog, he's like, that's God. He's speaking to me. I can tell you right now. So what is it in nature that just stirs your heart? That's God speaking to you and creating something beautiful for you. So today, my encouragement is, you know, smell the flowers, Touch the flowers, photograph them, ponder their beauty if that's how God speaks to you. Or whatever it is, maybe it's the amazing number of fish. If you go to an aquarium and you just ponder, my gosh, the colors of these fish, whatever it might be for you. Wake up, ponder God's creative genius. Maybe it's your pinky or your toes. And thank him for what stirs your soul. Watch the sunset tonight. Maybe just praise him for his majesty. He's a God who created it all. Sometimes people ask me, who's your favorite artist? And, well, without a doubt, I have to say God, because every work of creation I've seen so far is absolutely beautiful. And, Patty, I want to thank you for calling that to our attention today. It's been a wonderful week here on The Daily Dose of Encouragement. And remember, if you like these reflections and you'd like to share them with a friend, be sure to check out The Daily Dose of Encouragement wherever you get your podcast or by visiting ourcatholicradio.org. That's O-U-R-catholicradio.org. You know, Dan, last week I mentioned that I had a priest friend or a friend of a friend coming in town and I was asked to show him around. And one of the places we went was the new cathedral. And we just stopped and prayed at the Shrine of the Sacred Heart at the Cathedral Basilica of St. Louis on Lindell. Absolutely breathtaking. It's been a while since I've stopped to pray there. And so I, I just have that image of that mosaic, which looks exactly like the poster to your right. Um in my mind as we pray this morning, but what a beautiful thing it is. We get to pray together. So let's do that. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most sweet Jesus, whose overflowing charity for men is requited by so much forgetfulness, negligence, and contempt, behold us prostrate before you, eager to repair by a special act of homage the cruel indifference and injuries to which your loving heart is everywhere subject. Mindful, alas, that we ourselves have a, had a share in such great indignities, which we now deplore from the depths of our hearts. We humbly ask your pardon and declare our readiness to atone by voluntary expiation, not only for our own personal offenses, but also for the sins of those who, straying far from the path of salvation, refuse in their obstinate infidelity 
to follow you, their shepherd and leader, or renouncing the promises of their baptism, have cast off the sweet yoke of your law. We are now resolved to expiate each and every deplorable outrage committed against you. We are now determined to make amends for the manifold offenses against Christian modesty and unbecoming dress and behavior, for all the foul seductions laid to ensnare the feet of the innocent, for the frequent violations of Sundays and holy days, and the shocking blasphemies uttered against you and your saints. We wish also to make amends for the insults for which your vicar on earth and your priests are subjected, for the profanation by conscious neglect of terrible acts of sacrilege, of the very sacrament of your divine love, and lastly, for the public crimes of the nations who resist the rights and teaching authority of the church which you have founded. Would that we were able to wash away such abominations with our blood. We now offer in reparation for these violations of your divine honor the satisfaction you once made to your eternal Father on the cross and which you continue to renew daily on our altars. We offer it in union with the acts of atonement of your Virgin Mother and all the saints and of the pious faithful on earth, and we sincerely promise to make recompense as far as we can with the help of your grace for all neglect of your great love and for the sins we and others have committed in the past. Henceforth, we will live a life of unswerving faith, of purity, of conduct, of perfect observance of the precepts of the gospel, and especially that of charity. We promise to the best of our power to prevent others from offending you and to bring as many as possible to follow you. O loving Jesus, through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mother, our model in reparation, deign to receive the voluntary offering we make of this act of expiation. And by the crowning gift of perseverance, keep us faithful unto death in our duty and the allegiance we owe you, so that we may all one day come to that happy home where with the Father and the Holy Spirit you live and reign, God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, so uh, great to be with you this morning. As always, next week I will be on vacation, but fear not, Roadmap to Heaven will still be on the air, except Monday morning. It's Labor Day. It's a holiday. So we'll be bringing you Mass on Monday morning in the 7 o'clock hour, and then the rest of the week. You know, Dr. Ray calls him calls him the least worst of shows. Um, we're we're taking it a, calling it a look back. We started calling it a best of. I don't know. We're still on the fence. Here's the thing. Some of our favorite segments of Roadmap to Heaven ever. Why? Because those of us who work together to pick what are we going to air next week, these are the ones that really hit us. Some of them are a little bit longer, too, and that's why I'm really glad we have the podcast. So tune in, 7 a.m., Tuesday through Friday of next week. There will be Roadmap to Heaven. It won't be live, but it'll still be here. And then, as always, as we've mentioned several times uh, on different things throughout the day, Saint of the Day, Daily Dose of Encouragement, Roadmap to Heaven, Monsignor Witt's Church History, Mike Roberts' Saint of the Day, Debbie Schlaprizi's Splendor of You. These are all things you can find on Covenant Network Podcasts wherever you get your podcast or by visiting ourcatholicradio.org and clicking on the Programs tab. You can find all of them there as well. And Tom Shrewsbury's The Lives of the Saints is one of my favorite programs to listen to during the day here. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. Our Lady, Queen of Heaven. Pray Pray for for us. Saint Joseph, Terror of Demons. Pray Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. We want to thank you for listening. Until next time, for Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. I'm Angela Miller. I'm Dan Vonderhaar. 
This has been Roadmap to Heaven, and don't forget to pray your rosary today.